0: If you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash markstitching. Now here is your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Stitching. And with me today is Tyler Watson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be with you guys. So,
0: uh, we yeah, met, we actually we met, met on Facebook. Facebook. We're both part of a, a youth pastor, youth minister group. And, uh, I was really encouraged by a lot of the stuff that you had posted. And, um, you know, uh, how long have you been a part of that group?
1: Yeah, I've been a I've been a part of that group for a good while now. Um, it was uh it was one of those things where uh, I wanted to stay connected with other youth pastors and those that are trying to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Uh, so I would say give or take a couple years now.
0: Oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, I, I mean I've only been there for about six months, I think. Uh, just looking at what people's doing and being being you know, I was really encouraged watching watching people grow close together. So how long have you been in, in ministry?
1: Yeah. So ministry, I've been in ministry for about 10 years now. Uh, started when I was 17 going on to 18 and, uh, turning the big two eight this year coming up. So, um, I, uh, I've been in ministry close to 10 years now.
0: That's awesome. It's, it's awesome to see somebody that just keeps plugging along. Uh, you know, especially in youth ministry, a lot of people think it's a stepping stone and don't stay there that long. So always always very encouraged by that and, and watching people uh push on and, and help grow the next generation. Absolutely. So uh, here at Amazed by God, we kind of like to hear stories of what God's done in people's lives. Uh hearing comes by faith and faith by the word and, and sometimes other people's stories help push us and allow God to to you know get inside of us and give us and strengthen us. Mm-hmm. So what has God done amazing in your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of things I think we could reflect on in our lives. I'm sure I speak for everyone that's listening to this. Uh There's moments in your life that some seem super significant, some seem, you know, uh, significant, but we don't recognize them as uh in comparison to other things in our life. You know, um, I think for my life, uh, God has done so many things uh that people look at and are incredible, you know, think are incredible. And uh I think the first thing being that number one, I was a kid that was born without a mother or a father. You know, I was raised by a great grandmother, a woman who feared God deeply. And uh growing up in a trailer park uh, in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and I know we spoke about this before, but in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, many people uh don't know what Pine Bluff is or where it's at, but Per capita, it's one of the worst communities in the United States of America. Right there with Detroit for most murders every year. And uh, it's a really, really, really dark community. And that's where I was born and raised. And uh, most of my family was in the state penitentiary growing up. And uh, I felt like I didn't have a purpose. Uh, you know, going to church, never having the nice clothes that everybody else had. Um, I'd go home and to our trailer and that we lived in. And my great grandmother, she was such an incredible woman, but she was a hoarder. I mean, uh, I think it was a daily Saturday schedule for us to go to different homes that were having yard sales. And she would walk around and act like she was going to buy something, but she never did. And she would just tell people, you know, if you want to get rid of it, um, feel free to give me a call and I'll come pick up anything you don't want. And so in our house, we had just stuff galore, you know, uh, in our trailer there and cats and dogs ran in and out and I remember as a kid, I would take a pie pan and fill it with soapy water and put a candle down in it, and uh, the flames that would be going from that candle would just attract the fleas, and so the fleas would be diving into that pan, and I would just watch them as they would dive in as I'd try to fall asleep without being disturbed too much by any other fleas that might be biting. So It was just a crazy lifestyle growing up, and uh, then at nine years old, sexually abused by my uncle. And, uh, 13 years old, you fast forwarded that. I feel like, you know, things just aren't going good. I have no hope or future. Um, and I joined my first gang with my cousin and, oh, wow. um, uh, you, uh, that was, that was a really big deal because for the first time maybe in my life, I felt like I was actually cared for, loved by. And people asked me, why'd you leave the church to go join the gang? And I said, because the gang loved me better than the church ever did. And, that's so uh, sad. That's a, that's a sad quote, man. But it's so I felt at the time that was true. And of course, I was young and didn't understand what was significant or what was important. Uh But here's what I did know. I knew that my cousin smelled good. He looked good Uh at that age. I thought it was kind of a big deal if girls were attracted to you. And I saw girls that liked him at school. And I was like, I know we're just as poor. I want to know what he's doing. And I want to be a part of that. And, uh, so Rick, uh, you know, was our, was our top gang leader and he was mid forties and he took me under his wing and he loved me. And I'm telling you, uh, by the time I was 15 though, I went to juvie for the first time I was caught and arrested for a minor, minor crime. It was a uh, shoplifting, you know, at a Walmart. And, uh, I thank God that I got caught that night because, um, it changed my life forever. And, um, if I would have been caught for anything else that I had done previously at the age of 13, I was carrying my first nine millimeter. So uh, there were things that I had done and that I'm ashamed of that I hate to even think about now. Uh, And I look back and think, wow, God allowed me to get arrested for shoplifting because it's in juvie that I ended up accepting Christ. I'll never forget. I was on the bunk in juvie and, uh, I was literally looking up and I saw where people had carved things in to the bottom of the bunk. And, Uh, I just cried and I said, God, if you can use anything, if you are the God that people say you are, if you are strong, if you're present, God, would you just fill this place where I'm at right now? And I kid you not, I felt God's spirit come onto my heart like never before. I was sobbing, man. I was sobbing like a baby Uh in this bottom bunk. And there was a guy on the bunk above me and he looked down. And when he looked down, it just scared him because he didn't understand why I was sobbing like a baby. And, uh, I'm telling you, God met me that night in that juvie detention. I'm telling you, I went in with handcuffs, man, but I came out with Jesus. And that was really, uh, the moment that I believe that my ministry was truly about to begin. And I wish I could say that when I got out, I went back to Pine Bluff and I just, you know, had this huge revival that God used me to do. Uh, but that, that's not what happened. I ended up going homeless for two and a half years after that because my great grandmother ended up having a stroke.
0: Uh, how old were you when you got out?
1: Uh, I was still 15. I wasn't in very long. Uh, I had to go through the court system and process and everything. And there were fines and things like that that came up. But I wasn't in juvie very long, man. It was just those those nights of being there where it, it's as if God separated me from everything else that was trying to influence me out in the world. And I was just me and God. And it was kind of the Bible talks about we each have a time period of grace. Um, I feel like there was a space of grace there between me and God that God was saying, you get to choose right now. Which path are you going to take? Are you going to take the path that everybody else has taken and everyone else says you're going to end up taking, or are you going to be obedient to me and uh, let me do something really cool in your life?
0: That's awesome. What happened? What happened kind of quickly when you, you know, you got out? Um, did you find a church? Did you find, you know, people to be around that was different?
1: Yeah. So when I got out of, when I got out of juvie, um, I decided, you know what? I'm going to be different. Like I'm going to live for God. I started going back to church with my great grandmother and then she had a stroke and that was really hard because it was the day that I got my permit and, um, I'll never forget. I, I panicked. I didn't know what to do when she had the stroke. So I drove her all the way to JRMC my first day, which was like a 40 minute drive from where we were living. And uh, I sat there in the waiting room and they told me that she was having strokes. She'd be hospitalized for a while. And I went back home that night, not even having my driver's license, but my permit. And uh, I just started living at home by myself while she was in the hospital. And DHS got involved. And when they got involved, um, I ended up going through eight different homes with six different families. And all these families didn't go to church. All these families had different beliefs. All these families, some of them were on drugs. You know, some of them were alcoholics. There were a lot of things that happened here. Uh, and uh, I ended up having to go live with my real mom during the stint, which didn't end good. It was just chaos. And uh, the only thing that I had was I had this pay as you go phone. Uh, and I don't know if people remember those, but it was free after <laughs> Um And I had one of those. And there was this girl that I'd met at church camp when I was, uh, I went to church camp one more time before I went to juvie. And there was this girl that I met there. And um, I would talk to her every night. She lived three and a half hours away. And I didn't want her to know I was a loser, homeless, had nothing to offer. You know what I mean? And yeah. Uh, yeah. she uh, she kept in touch with me. And uh, after um, all the families that I had lived with, her family ended up taking me in and they were God fearing people. And uh, they ended up putting me through my last two years of high school and then college. And I ended up marrying that girl that I met at that church camp. <laughs>
0: Well that that's awesome that you were able to stay in contact and that that's the end of it, you know. You know, who who would think that somebody you just meet, you know, randomly like that would yeah. be the the turning point in your life and would be there at, at at the deepest need.
1: yeah, you know, that's the crazy thing is you never know the people that God are putting in your life and how he's motioning everything for you. Um I had to keep the constant belief that God was for me. It was hard going through the two and a half years still believing that I had the uh, experience with God in that juvie cell that I did have, because you would think after you give your life to Christ, it's going to be easier. You're not going to go homeless for two and a half years. Um, all these things that are happening and you don't understand. Now, I remember laying on a couch one day in a friend of mine's home, Jonathan Carmichael's home, and I said, God, you've forgotten all about me. And um, it wasn't probably two weeks later that uh, her family ended up calling and finding out information on me and taking me in and making that three and a half hour drive to come get me.
0: That's, that's so amazing. It's also amazing to think, you know, we could be that people, that person, that family for someone else as well, too. We we don't think that way. A lot of times we always want God to do something for us, uh, that they had the open heart and, uh, was able to take you in, you know, a kid that they didn't know from anybody basically.
1: It's a crazy story, man, and I write about it in my book, Herb but Not Broken, but her father wasn't even in church. Her father had been out of church for 10 years, and here's the crazy thing is when he called me, he asked to speak to me, and I was on the phone, and I didn't know what he wanted. To be honest with you, I was scared to even talk to him because he'd never spoke to me before, but he said that he felt God had told him that I was supposed to move in with him. Now, here's the deal. He had three teenage daughters that were getting ready, that were either in high school in my grade or going to college. So, for him to let some punk kid off the street that's been in a gang, that's been in juvie, move into his home that he doesn't even know, you just knew it was a miracle by God. And for literally for almost probably for a good while, I didn't even unpack my bags at the house because I just knew they were going to kick me out. I mean, every home I'd been in, they kicked me out. It's. Either I eat too much or I don't eat enough. It's either I talk too much or I'm too quiet. It, it was like you're walking on eggshells because you don't know how to act because you just want to be accepted and loved by a family. And I couldn't find that until I moved there.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Uh, and and from there, you got kind of a call in the ministry. Uh, you said you've been doing ministry pretty much since then, right? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. how did God how did God get your attention for that?
1: You know, I always felt growing up young when I was 11, especially that I wanted, uh, you know, I not to say I want, I felt at age 11, God had possibly called me to ministry, but I was so rebellious with that. I didn't understand how loving God could allow all these things to happen to me, you know, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but those are thoughts 11 year old Tyler had. And, you know, just being going to church and people making fun of how I smelled. Like, I didn't understand if you're a real Christian why would you make fun of a young person like that? Um, I write about it in my book. My pastor bought me my first suit when I was just a young teenager, you know, 11, 12 years old. And uh, I'll never forget one of an old, an older man in our church. When I walked in, he looked at me and said, wow, they finally taught trailer trash how to dress. Yeah. And that just ruined me. It was just it was just a brokenness on me. And so I felt like, you know what, I'm going to smile through this but I'm, I'm done with the church. I'm done with it. And so I think I've ran from God's calling until juvie. And when juvie happened, I felt like I truly had an, had an encounter with God. And I said, you know what, God, I will do whatever you call me to do. As long as you give me the strength and the wisdom and understanding to do it. And now I'm 27, man. And I'm telling you, I've preached in six different nations, uh, and seen God do incredible things all because uh, I said, God, I'm available. I'll do what you want. And I think he wants to do that through every person. If you're listening to this podcast, he wants to use you. I'm no one special. I'm a kid from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, in a trailer park. You just have to be available and be authentic with God because he wants to use you. That's just the truth.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. That's That's just an amazing, amazing testimony that he would take you from there and allow you to just spread his word. The, the most precious thing that we we have on this earth whether we know it or not is is his word for his connection with him uh you mentioned your book a couple times uh let us give us a little just a little quick background for that and i'll i'll definitely link it in the show notes as well
1: yeah yeah absolutely Hurt But not broken was a book that i'd been thinking about writing since 2011 uh, a freshman in college but i just never did because there was something about having all the pain from your past resurface i mean from sexual abuse to feeling like you're not good enough, your dad never wanting to be around you, um, just all these things in your life that you're going to bring back to the surface to feel all over again. I just felt like the hurt was not greater than the purpose at the time, or the hurt was greater than the purpose at the time, and I never wanted to write the book. And then our church came to me, and I spoke with my church, and uh, they wanted to support the book. And I said, look, I will write the book as long as I don't take a dime from it. And so we wrote this book with the intention that we would get donations to be able to help give this book to young people that are like me. So it was, it was a short, it's a short read. It's only about 75 pages, but it's a book that was created so that when a young person picks it up, we're hoping they wouldn't want to put it down. And so it talks about literally, it's more than just speaking about my life, but it's just trying to give young people an understanding of the God that we serve and his rich mercy and his grace and his love that he has for us that those that might be skeptic of him might come to know him. And when they come to know him, their life will be transformed and changed. And so it just basically speaks about my life. But on top of that, it also has kind of chapter reviews from me speaking now as a pastor, helping them understand who I was is not who I am anymore and who they are. God Uh wants to take and use greatly.
0: That's awesome. What was the name of it again? Give it give it to us one more time.
1: The book is titled Hurt, But Not Broken. Hurt, But Not Broken. All
0: right. And if you're interested in that, I'm going to link it to the Amazon if you go into the show notes. Um, so, uh, he, well, well, Tyler, thank you so much for sharing. I really do appreciate. I, I love this testimony. It's it, similar to some things are very similar to the way that I grew up um, in the sense of lost and, and lonely sometimes. And um, I, I my heart goes out for you in, in that scenario, but I'm so happy to see where you are now. So, yeah. thank you so much for sharing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was I was honored too. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, here at Amazed
0: by God, we kind of like to just, like end, just with to end with a couple questions, questions to get to know you a little, bit. You a little bit. So, so first is, first is what first Bible story, Bible, Bible character or, or verse, you know, has touched you in your life? Right.
1: Yeah, I think Matthew 16:24 is uh it's kind of the verse for my life now. You know, the Bible says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Um, I think that's so important for us to understand, especially in 2019, that it's not about us. It, it's about following him and understand that we have to pick up our cross. And for some reason, we think when we become a Christian that everything's just supposed to get easier. Jesus said mm-hmm. to pick up the cross and deny yourself. And if we're truly denying ourselves, we're truly saying, God, your way, your will, not mine, do what you want. I'll go where you want, to be able to do what your will is. And if we truly believe that, I think then we'll understand what the true gospel message is because we'll put it ahead of our lives. So that's that's my favorite.
0: Absolutely. I, I I've said it a thousand times, especially recently. We like to follow people online you know, on Twitter and everything else, and it doesn't affect our lives, and that is absolutely not what the gospel is about. Right. So, and also, is there any song, you know, it could be Christian or not, anything you'd like, uh, that has has touched in a way, because mu- music moves our spirit in a way that other things don't.
1: Yeah, um, there's a lot of songs. You know, I'm really big into music. I have a lot of friends in the music industry. Um There's a lot of songs by Jordan Feliz that, uh, I love. I, I, have known Jordan personally and he just has a true heart for God and he's an incredible songwriter. Um, I think, uh, one of my favorite songs, uh, by Jordan Feliz, the lyrics of the song say, I'm still standing by a power beyond my understanding. And I think that has just been a testimony for my life. Um, because there's times I look back and I'm like, I have no idea how I'm still standing, and it's only been by the strength of God. So, uh, But on top of that, We Are Messengers has some incredible music. Um, If you want to go check out a song called Power, um, it was just released this year. Um, It's a powerful song about the power of the Holy Ghost that lives in us. And uh, another song that they have is called Magnified. It's an older song, but it's really good.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm pretty sure we can find them on YouTube if you like, or, or iTunes. And uh, again, I just want to say thank you, Tyler. And I appreciate you being on the podcast and uh, we are praying that um, God will bless your ministry and hopefully uh, touch somebody with, with your testimony.
1: Yeah. Ultimately uh, I want to say thank you to you guys and all you're doing, man. Uh, God's doing incredible things. And, I'm so glad that we're part of this great family together. And uh, we're all just small stones in this temple. And um, I'm absolutely part of it. So absolutely, brother. I appreciate it.
0: All right. So for Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library, this is your host, Mark Stitchen. And we will see you next Monday. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.